Got time for a quick story. When we would grow up, you listening right now, especially if you grew up 1980s and earlier, you probably remember spending a good amount of time looking at vinyl album covers. So, and, and then the gate folds inside and looking at the liner notes. That, that's just what you do. You're fascinated by these, these big square pictures and artwork and such. And they leave an impression on you. Such was the case with the music of Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66 and also Sergio Mendez in Brazil 77. My mother is a big fan of that music and had some of their albums. And as a kid growing up in the early 1980s, that music would be, would be playing on our stereo sound system at home. And I'd be looking at those album covers and they, they burned into my memory. And I associated that with with probably my, my first exposure to the music of Brazil. Sergio Mendes is a legend in Brazilian music, one of many legends of Brazilian music. He relocated to the United States decades ago. He has had a very successful career. He's had pop hits in the 60s into the 1980s, and now he has a new album coming out in 2020. February 28th is the release of the latest album from Sergio Mendes, this new album is called In the Key of Joy. There's also a new documentary out, coming out around this time anyway, called Sergio Mendez, In the Key of Joy. And in this edition of Got Time for a Quick Story, I have the honor, and it truly is the honor, to talk to Sergio Mendez. So let's start the conversation about this new album. What was the initial inspiration where you went, I want to create this group of music? Well, no. for me, the most important thing is the song. Starts with the song. So I wrote a lot of songs on this new album and uh, with some collaborators, you know. Uh, and uh, the idea was to, to uh, talk about the diversity of Brazilian music, you know, the many rhythms we have, uh, the many beautiful melodies, and share that with different people, like Common, like, uh, like Gracinha, like Joe Pizzullo. So I have many, many guests that collaborated with me on this album. Uh, Shalea. It was a collaboration and a joy and rhythms and sounds and melodies. And uh, that's what this album is about. And some of the names, at least in American music, are, are more familiar, common especially, probably the most prominent of all. But we have, but again, musicians from all across, well, really across the globe is what we're talking about here. Right, so, exactly. So, so how Sugar you... Jones is the name of the girl I want to talk. That's She's right. from L.A. and a wonderful young singer. Uh, there's another rapper for here from L.A. Uh, named Buddy. He's an upcoming uh artist and uh, so just sharing the music with people from different parts of the world and different generations the same thing not the same thing but the the same kind of experiment experience i had was will i am <clears throat> and john legend and the others you know sharing sharing the joy with people how did how do you d decide i i want to work with this person and this person and this person how did do you start to hear about them is it word of mouth is it you you, you know, go it, it starts with the melody with the song as i told you and then after the song is ready of course the arrangement and then then you start thinking about oh it would be wonderful 
if I could have uh, John Legend singing on this song. Or, of course, I thought about Common because I met him through John Legend. And, uh, and uh, we called him and he said, I would love to, to participate on the album. So it was like that. It was nothing, you know, those things, they happen very spontaneously, very organic. There's no, no, no major plan. And you think about different people that you'd like to be part of that song. Your wife, Gracinha, has worked with you a lot, and of course she's on this album, Naturally. Yes. So can you, I'm sure you've been asked a variation of this, this question numerous times, but her essence, is described in the press release as your muse. What, what, how can you quantify that and verbalize her, muse, her musicianship that, that she brings to your recordings and your performance? Well, we've been together now for... 48 years. And uh, when Lonnie Hall left the band, it was uh, Brazil 66, I met Gracinha in Brazil, and I fell in love with her and her voice, and, and she's, a, you know, she's a very important sound in my band, and sing not only in Portuguese, in English, and other languages, but she has a beautiful, beautiful voice, and I love her sound very much. And she's also on the... Uh, you mentioned about the documentary, which is coming out soon. Uh, not at the same time of the album, but it, I'm very, very proud and very happy about the documentary. We have many guests and many people participating uh, in, this, in the story of my life. On the point of that documentary, what would a casual fan learn watching this who's familiar with the more well-known songs but is maybe not a full-blown fan what will a casual fan learn and actually i'll make this a two-part question what will a casual fan learn and what would maybe a diehard fan of your music learn from this documentary well we, we go back we went to brazil with john scheinfeld and he's the director producer of the documentary and we started uh, the beginning you know my childhood uh, crossing the bay to go to Rio to play on, on, on clubs and coming to America in 62 at the Carnegie Hall concert. So there's a lot in there that's about an hour and a half talking about my life. I'm very much looking forward to getting a chance to, to see this. Uh, is there any musicians who you didn't expect to have an influence on that, and I mean, over the years, and maybe this counts back to the timeless era, but but all over time, musicians, you go, wow, I never would have expected that my music had such an influence on blank. Are there any musicians for that that kind of struck you as, oh my gosh, wow, this this music is spreading so much? I think the first experience is when I come to to New York the first time in 1962. And I went to see Canon Bauderly, and he invited me to make a record with him. <laughs> so that was a huge, <clears throat> a huge surprise to me, for me. And then other people like Frank Sinatra, like Fred Astaire, people that I work with that I never thought that they would ask me to work with them. So it's been a lot of a lot of those situations, which I'm very proud and I'm very grateful to it. What musical genre over the decades uh, that maybe I'll, I'll, I'll quantify or clarify it as an American genre, something something that has its roots in the United States? What genre have you been most ex- most intrigued by, excited by over all the decades you've been here in the states? Well, you know, I like you know, I I love the great composers. 
I'm talking about Gershwin and Cole Porter and Irving Berlin, Harry Mancini, you know, the great songwriters of America. I also love jazz. You know, the first, I was like 12 years old when I heard the Dave Brubeck record. And after that, all the great pianists, Art Tatum, Charlie Parker, the singers, Sarah Vaughan, uh, Carmen McRae, uh, you know, so the singers, the composers, the, the musicians, you know, Miles Davis and <clears throat> Cannonball Adderley, of course, you know, uh, Billie Holiday, and then, you know, Sinatra, Nat Cole, and yeah, this is a big influence in my life. When I was growing up, uh, I, I would hear a lot of your albums. My mother is a, was a big fan of, of Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66 in particular, and had a lot of the albums. I mean, I can remember as a kid seeing those album covers and looking at them over and over, and I would hear The Look of Love. I would hear yeah. um, so many stars repeatedly. Uh, what in per- what made you want to cover the those songs because there's there's such distinct arrangements what about those particular tunes did you decide to make your own arrangements of those well so many stars i wrote oh right right yeah and uh (laughs) as far as fool on the hill and the look of love i heard those songs in the original by the beatles and then uh bert bacharach was recorded by i think it was dusty springfield and i loved the melody and i said listen if i can do a uh, different arrangement, a reinterpretation of the song. Why not? It's a great melody. Mm-hmm. So many stars, and, and again, thanks for the reminder. Obviously, you wrote that. That The arrangement of that and the chord structure, it's almost, I, it's a dreamlike state. I always kind of view this sort of, sort of, atmospheric haze while I'm listening to it. It's almost <laughs> like you go into another atmosphere. So what were you... What were you thinking as you as you wrote the music for that song? That one has always stood out to me. So I'll ask you while I got the chance on the phone. What what was going through your mind as you created that? You know, I wrote I wrote the melody, and I had the melody ready, and I sent it to Marilyn Bergman, and she and Alan Bergman are great writers, and and she wrote this beautiful lyric. I just had like that wonderful feeling of warmth, and and she came up with the idea of so many stars. So it's Marilyn and Alan Bergman that wrote the the, the lyrics for the song. Mm, it, it, timeless, absolutely fascinating song. You work with, kind of to pull, go through the years, you've worked with Joe Pizzullo, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, over over time. Obviously, the, the pop hit are never going to let you go, and his voice is on that. He's on Alibi as well, so he's on some of the pop hits. And he's on this new album. He's on yeah. In the Key of Choice. So, two-part question about him, and then, as you mentioned, Sugar a little bit earlier, his, his daughter. First, Joe, what qualities do you find in his voice that, that has made you want to work with him over so many years? You know, he's an, he's an amazing singer and a dear friend, <clears throat> and... Uh, when I decided to uh, do Never Gonna Let You Go, and uh, I heard the demo record, and I said, I'm going to have a man singing. It was the first time that I used a male singer. And a friend of mine suggested, Sergio, you have to listen to this guy. He's from Youngstown, Ohio, lives here in L.A. And uh, so I met Joe, and it was this beautiful voice and never gonna let you go became a huge hit not only here but all over the world and we were friends for you know still are friends after, after that was 1983 and uh, 
So he he has a daughter named Sofia Pizzullo, and I was the godfather. I baptized her. Hmm. So Sofia is now 26 or 27, and a beautiful voice. And I said, you're gonna you're gonna sing that song, you know. And she did a beautiful job. So it's a wonderful thing, but it's 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 kind of a coincidental thing to have a father and a daughter on the same record as my guest. <laughs> what what in her voice? And I was listening to each track in, in heaven. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And and what I was trying to compare her voice, and of course she was on the voice. But to listen in this particular context and compare it to to Joe's voice, what do, what what are the traits in her voice that really stand out to you? musical you know she hears a chord and she sings the she sings the right notes she she comes with new you know new new notes on the melody very creative and a wonderful singer there are three tracks that have as the press release refers to as you refer to them as the three magi uh joao donato and hermeto pascal and and gringa all on they're all part of a different song munganga and this is it and tangara so of these three I, I suppose I could say icons. How important was it having them be part of this celebration of music? Exactly what I told you in the beginning. I wanted to show the diversity on Brazilian music, the different styles, the different rhythms, different melodies. Now you mentioned three people that I adore, that we, we go back many years, Hermeto Pascual being one amazing musician, uh, Ginga, it's another incredible composer. I recorded many of his songs, going back to the LP Brasileiro and João Donato, that we go back to the beginning of the Bossa Nova. So those are like, you know, really landmarks of the Brazilian Brazilian music. Is there a Brazilian composer, and it could be of any genre from Brazilian music, so we don't want to be too specific, but one that you really think more people, especially up here in America or wherever they're listening, should know more about them throughout history or whatever, but someone who maybe hasn't gotten their due that you would like to just, just tell people, listen to their music and listen to their legacy? Well, I think all those three people we mentioned, and we forgot to mention Carolinas Brown. Mm, yes. Carolinas Brown is also on this record. He's from, he's from Bahia, northern of Brazil. We, we wrote many songs together. We wrote uh, a couple of songs together on the on the movie uh, uh, Rio. Remember that the Rio was like mm-hmm. the animated thing that Disney uh, released, and we had nominated for an Academy Awards and uh, another great composer. All of those guys. Brazil has such an incredible musical diversity, and you know, just, I love it. What is the most vibrant music coming out of the country right now? Is there a genre artist that what what what's happening right now in 2019, 2020? Well, right now people are on the streets celebrating carnival for mm. for the past week. Oh yeah. The dancing and singing. <laughs> the country just stopped and just people celebrating life on the streets of all over Brazil. Millions and millions of people. How can you do com- for any of us who've never, again, probably most people listening probably have never been there. So, what? How can you describe being in Carnival? I mean, being in the midst of all of that for over so much, over all those days. What is? Is there something comparable to it, or is it on its own? No, no, on its own. You have to go down and experience that. 
And, uh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, again, talking, yeah, you have to go down there and experience it. Undescribable for me to say it over the phone. Mm. Now, uh, so when we talk also about, uh, you know, all these years about the Brazilian songwriters, you know, we've, and now sometimes people forget, they know the song, but I'm talking about Antonio Carlos Jobim now, mm-hmm. and the girl from Ipanema, Quiet Nights, you know, all the great uh, singers in America that recorded his songs. So, uh, again, you know, songwriting in Brazil is so important, the melodies, as I told you, the harmonies, the rhythms, and here we go. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of describing and trying to trying to put into words, the process of you creating a song, sitting down or however you go about the process, when the idea comes to you, describe over, over how do you begin to write the music and where does the inspiration come from? Do you start with the melody? Is it a rip? Whatever that is, take us through the, the, the step-by-step process of um, how a song comes out of you. You know, it varies. Usually I write on the piano. So I sit at the piano and I try to... It's just a very spontaneous uh, creative process. I try to see if I can come with, a, you know, an original melody, some notes that feels good, and some, some harmonies with it. So it starts with the song, little by little, you know. Uh, sometimes also in the past, uh, I would say in the past... Five, six years I've been, sometimes I get a groove that I like, like a Brazilian rhythm, and I, I write for that groove, the kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it could either write at the piano with no rhythm to it, or if it's a ballad, of course, there's no rhythm to it. But if it's something up-tempo, sometimes it's inspiring to have a little, a little loop, a rhythmical loop to write to it. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself like coming up with an idea and scrapping it, or when it starts, does it just sort of build off of each other, and, and like the notes start to like a little riff begets another riff and another chord change? How did how does that come about? Yeah, it, uh, sometimes it takes days. Sometimes I say, "Now nah, I don't like this." Go back to it the next day or the day after. So it's a, it's a long process. I mean, I never wrote a song from big A to Z, you know, that I had, because the process is very intuitive. Mm. And uh, there's no formula to it. I think if we all write songs in a different way. Mm-hmm. What musical genres have excited you the most in the recent past, maybe maybe here in America or wherever around the world, really? What what genres are, are standing out more like, hmm, haven't heard this before, and this is really starting to intrigue you? You know, I like so many kinds of music. I love classical music. I mean, I love to listen to the you know, to the classics like, you know, Beethoven, Debussy, Ravel. Uh, you know, I love classical music. Uh, when I hear Pavarotti or, or Andrea Bocelli, you know, that beautiful sound. I love uh, jazz. I love, uh, you know, African music. There's so many interesting things. Even Indian music that... Uh, so I, li- I like all, all genres of music. Are there any artists in particular that you would like to work with on a future project, whether it's a studio project or a live setting or just something collaborative? Is there, are there any you have kind of have your eye on? And it doesn't matter how well-known they are, but are there any in particular you're going, I'd like to work with that person or that ensemble? You know, I, it just took me two years to finish this album. <laughs> so right now... I'm just laying back, and we're going to tour. 
uh, this year all over the world. We're coming to the East Coast now in April, then we're going to Europe in May, going to Japan and Asia. So we just, uh, you know, and, and play those new songs and the older, older songs as well. So right now I have no plans for recording. Okay. But uh, I'm open for ideas, though. Okay. <laughs> you know, always. Absolutely. Very good. Uh, what? One of the final questions I got for you here, what, what song of yours do you most enjoy performing that maybe maybe may not be the biggest or most well-known song of yours, but a song that you composed or arranged you really enjoy performing live? You know, it's hard to say because, you know, I've done close to 65 albums. Right. So you multiply that by 12. And uh, so, you know, most of the songs we do on the show, I like it very much because they all represent a period of my life. And uh, you mentioned so many stars, which I love. I mean, we play Mashkinada, everybody starts singing and dancing to it. And same thing with The Look of Love or País Tropical. Or, you know, I don't have a favorite. I like, you know, our set is based on, okay, what are we going to play tonight? And then we decide. I have a great band. So I hope I can come and visit you in Wisconsin. It would be awesome to be able to get the chance to see you, and hopefully we will see you here in Wisconsin. Okay. Sergio Mendez, thank you so much for taking some time to, to chat today about In the Key of Joy. Again, the album comes out Friday, February 28th. Also, folks should keep an eye out for the documentary as well. Sergio Mendez, In the Key of Joy. This is, like I said at the beginning of the interview, this has been an honor to to get the, the opportunity to do this, having known your music for so long and being influenced by your music and hearing your music in so many capacities. Thank you so much for keeping on doing what you're doing and all the best as this uh, new music comes out into the world. It was a pleasure talking to you. All the best to you, and thank you. As I said, that was really special, getting a chance to talk to Sergio Mendez. If you want to learn more about everything he's doing, the new album, In the Key of Joy, coming out on February 28th. Also, to learn about the documentary, Sergio Mendez, In the Key of Joy, which you will soon be able to watch, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. It may already be widely available. You can go to SergioMendezMusic.com. SergioMendezMusic.com. He's also on social media. You can follow him on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. Of course, you can find his uploads to YouTube as well. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do these interviews. You can listen to a lot of these same interviews you hear on this podcast at the Greatest Hits 98.1 website. Go to greatesthits981.com, click on Interviews, and you can listen to all sorts of interviews right there. You can also subscribe to the Got Time for a Quick Story podcast Usual locations, Apple, Android, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and rate the podcast as well, preferably higher. It gets more word out about this podcast. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.